What's going on, my marketing people? Today on the show, I got Chris Cubby. He is the founder of Cub & Co., which is a marketing agency out in Copenhagen, Denmark. I've known Chris for a couple of years now via social, so we got a good conversation, just like what it was like to go through the steps to start your own company, really what pushed him to do it, where we see social going. Great conversation. I think you all will enjoy it for sure, especially if you're in this social media world. But before we get into that, as always, the show is brought to you by us. And who are we? We are Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow using social media. So if you're feeling stuck on social, need some help, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us and book a free consultation. We'd be glad to help you out. All right, sit back, relax. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Chris Cubbernus, Chris Cubby, maybe just Cubby to some of you, but uh, he is the founder of the marketing agency Cub and Co. Chris, how you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing. I'm doing well. For those of you who don't know, but Chris and I are both Canadian and both don't live in Canada anymore. I think we connected on Snapchat like five, six years ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that old school Snapchat. But in that time, it's been cool because I've seen your growth from you know, through the lens of social media, but really seeing right. you go from one man marketing show to your own agency. But I want to talk through yeah. and get your perspective. Like what led you to, to starting the company? Like walk me through those steps. Yeah. Okay. So what led me to do this? Cause you're a marketing agency owner as well. And I think that we probably are a little bit of a kindred spirit when it comes to this because it is a bit of a crazy journey. And I worked at an agency many, many years ago before I, before I founded Gubco, but I was working on the client side and I just saw that there was so many things that the agencies that I was working with were just not doing well in. And I didn't want to put up with it anymore. And I thought, okay, you know what? I can do this better than what they're doing. So I'm just going to go do it. And it was a bit crazy because I was, you know, I think I was 34 years old at the time. I had two kids, a mortgage, two cars. I had a healthy, you know, six-figure salary at a reputable tech firm. And here I was going to throw it sort of all away and start my own thing. And I didn't consult with my wife first. So that, was, <laughs> that was a bad move. In retrospect, no, it, it, it worked out. But uh, I came home one day and I said, I quit my job. And she was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And I said, yeah, I'm going to do my own company. And she was just flabbergasted and, of course, probably very angry with me at the time. And, and I said, don't worry, we're going to, you know, it'll work. And so I didn't really have a safety net. I just had to make it work. So January 1st, 2016, I founded Cub & Co., which was basically, there was no co at that point. It was just Cub. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know why I called it Cub & Co. back then. I had high ambitions back then, and I still do. And I began uh, this journey. And then fast forward, you know, five years later of just, you know, hard, hard work where 26 people and, you know, rocking and rolling. Yeah, it is an absolute grind. One of the things you said there that I love, and Damon John talks about this in his book, Power of Broke, but when your back's against the wall, like you have two choices, right? And it's like, fold like a $3 chair or fight your way out of the corner. And I love that of like, well, it's going to work. Like, because the alternative is there is no alternative. Basically broke. Like that's the alternative, which yeah, nobody wants, right? So when your back is against the wall, you just have to fight it out. So I love that. 
Damien's such a great guy too, right? Oh yeah, unreal. So cool. So you know, you go through this journey. You're building the company, working the long hours, which I saw, you know, on social. You clock it in, be like, all right, I'm leaving the office. You know, 10 p.m. All those things, right? All those things that go into the journey. Have you gotten to a point where you've been able to say, okay, because where you can take your foot off the gas just a bit. And I say that just because five, six years ago, and I kind of fell victim to it a little bit too, but like hustle culture was like very real. And Gary Vaynerchuk saying like, if you're not killing yourself and never seeing your family, you're not an entrepreneur. And that stuff kind of, you know, affected me. So I'm interested to know if it, if it got to you a little bit. I think it did. I think it, it affected a lot of people. I think that, you know, Gary is a very powerful speaker and a very, influential person. And I think he did influence a lot of people to step on the gas. Um, Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's hard to say. I mean, some people thrive in that and some people don't thrive in that. And I think for each of us, we have to find out what works best for us. But I would say that in the last, I would say in the last two, two and a half years, I've been able to take the foot off the gas a bit and my family life has gotten better. My appreciation for the business has gotten better. My overall mental health has gotten better. So I would say, you know, it's only helped me to take the foot off the gas. But I've only been able to do that because maybe at the start, I just I just went full berserk mode and was working, like you said, to like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, going home, getting in five hours of sleep, waking up, doing it all again and again and again. And, you know, that probably got me into a position that, now I can do that. I can take the foot off the gas. So it's hard to say what's good and bad there, but I would say that now I'm, I'm very much more interested in balance. Yeah, it, it is almost stages, right? And to your point, like Gary gets people to put the foot on the gas. And I think entrepreneurship in general makes you do that when yeah. you truly love it and you get addicted to it, which is, but then noticing, like you said, finding that balance of like, oh, like mental health, you know, yeah. and, and, this is important. And okay, obviously 2020 shook everybody a little bit in especially agency owners, but to be like, all right, where are my priorities? What have you? And um, it's interesting, man. It's it's interesting to see those the journey and you almost earn the right to take your foot off the gas just a little bit. You're still going forward, but it's like earning that right to do that because you don't really have an alternative, you know, in your first 24 months of business because you just no, got to do whatever you can to keep the lights on. But I mean, some people, it's just all what you want. Like I've learned from at least this journey that you have to, it's not a mandatory thing. Like some people are happy just being one person freelancers making, you know, their whatever it is, $40,000, $50,000 a year, but they have their own business, they make their own time, they get to see their family, and that's great, like, to each their own. Like, if that makes you happy and that's what you want, then great. For me, I wanted to build it into a bigger company, so I needed to do it in a different way. And I just thought that the only way that I could do it was just if I put my head down and just grind it. And that's just how it went for me. It doesn't have to be like that for everybody. You know, it's spot on. And that's one of those realizations I had too of like, oh, not everybody is this like risk it, risky entrepreneurial, like not everybody wants that. Some people are very happy with, yeah, their current situation. And that's cool. And that was a realization because as we all get older and start to meet these people and people who've kind of walked the walk a little bit to go, oh, okay, there are different ways to come at this game of life. Absolutely. (laughs) And 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 work. Right. Yeah. And it's like work is just part of it. It's part of the puzzle. It's not the whole thing. But I want to shift gears just a bit because, you know, you've definitely grinded your teeth and and earned, you know, earned the respect that you're able to speak at conferences. You do all these things. Clients come to you 
with they need help. So I'm interested yeah. to hear where do you it's a very broad question, but I mean, where do you think like social media is heading when it comes to brand marketing? In terms of brand marketing, I think in social media, I mean, where I think it's going is it is brand marketing. When we look at what companies are doing, some even the companies that are maybe slow movers in marketing in general, we just see them say, kind of waking up now to going, wow, social is this channel. Right. Like it is everything is social. Even those companies that have traditionally been more television based or print media based or whatever they have been, they're just going, okay, this is the channel and it's a different set of tools to actually do this properly. Like running our old television ads and, and having a print media approach to social or having even a digital approach to social, which I would say like having a website approach to social is not working. What the hell are we doing here? So I think the big shift that we've seen in the last even 18 months here, and, and that might be a thing of Denmark because that's where I'm based, is that brands are going, holy crap, social is where everybody is. We need to figure out how to do this. And it doesn't look like our old agencies or our old ways of doing brand marketing are working here. We need help. So that's, I think, really nice for agency owners that specialize in social because you can go and be that expert and help them uh, get to that next level. It's it's interesting, right? And I think you bring up something that's huge where people a lot of times were like taking their TV spots and retrofitting those onto web and then taking their web content and just trying to jam it on social. And yeah. I even see now like that next evolution to your point with social is people are building in desktop and saying, oh, it'll size down to mobile. And I'm like, no, 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 it's the mobile experience that has to lead. And yeah. then desktop is secondary. And that's like the next, you know, from a, a platform standpoint, like understanding like, oh, when I'm on these platforms, how do they operate for my yeah. end user when they're yeah. on their iPhone or what have you? I think, yeah, uh, exactly. and I mean, to your point, there's so many brands now that are, I think that maybe relied on things like event marketing, and 2020, you know, kicked their door down and said, well, your conferences aren't happening. Your conference right. tour is not happening. So how are you going to connect with people? Yeah. And those brands, you know, push came to shove for a lot of them to go, we need some help with social media. Yeah. Um, and we need to understand how to connect with people. I think that's. Uh, yeah. It, and I think in important. general, I think we're also seeing, and that's even maybe further out is like social media is also becoming maybe even less social in some aspects like right now we're even heavily involved in in things like um like tiktok it's a funny platform because it isn't a social media in the sense of okay you have a profile and you share content to that profile and you like others and you it's not like that i mean you have to be a creator if you want to create content for that platform and you're not asking something on your feed like, hey, does anybody know where to find the best recipe for hot dogs or chili dogs or whatever it is? Like it's not a social media in that platform in that way. It's it's very much like a, a creators and consumption platform. Like you get into the feed and it's the first thing you see in the TikTok feed is literally other people's content they're not even connected to. I agree. It's much more of a, like a competitor to YouTube to yes, me than it is exactly. to other platforms, right? And I think a lot of people miss that. And you'll yeah. see like marketing Twitter be like, you need to do this and TikTok. And I'm like, look, I TikTok's great. And if you want to create, it's awesome. But it's really, it almost acts in that different lane to me with YouTube. I 100% agree with you. It's in a totally different way, right? And I would say it's almost in dark social in a sense of people are sharing things through messages 
and through that way versus and tagging people versus through actual social interaction. So it's it's an interesting platform, and I think we're going to see more of that sort of seeping into places like Instagram, obviously, the, which are more pure social in some ways. Let's talk about dark social for a second, because you said that, and that's something I haven't brought up on this show, but I honestly think it is the best way to use social media. And dark social, for those of you listening, is if you send a DM to somebody, right? It's that stuff that nobody sees, but it's how you interact with other people. Yeah. I'm interested, how effective has that been for you personally from like, you know, getting clients or speaking engagements or just even, you know, building your network? How do you spend a lot of time, you know, DMing back and forth or what does that look like? Well, I would say that um, dark social on LinkedIn is incredibly powerful. You know, I haven't dipped into it enough on Instagram or Twitter, for example, or even Facebook, just messaging people. I know that there's been a lot of people that have grown great networks and sort of had great interactions and business come out of DMing people on Instagram. That has never been my tactic. My tactic has always been to DM people on LinkedIn. But but here, I'll give you my full strategy for people that are listening. Like, I am not a, you know, you got these LinkedIn people that will DM you or will try to connect with you and then DM you immediately saying, hey, we should have a meeting and <laughs> we should set something up. So my strategy from the get, and you know, you can you can steal this, those of you who are listening, when I message people and want to connect with them, I literally write, hey, I'm looking to connect with other marketing professionals or other pe- or people in tech because I'm really fascinated with this area of technology, whatever it is. I am not looking to send you spam sales messages. I literally write it in the DM. I'm not looking to spam you. I am just looking to connect and hopefully learn something from your posts and maybe you can learn something from mine. Best regard, Cubby. And I and literally, like, that's my whole deal. That's so meta and I love it to just like, and that's a lesson, right? If you're listening to this, change your outreach to go, hey, I'm not going to try to take you, I'm not going to try to get a 15 minute quick call right away. Like, and because if you go to anyone's LinkedIn inbox, it's full of people trying to sell you software, trying to get 10 minutes of your time. And they're the worst. Or whatever, right? And it's just, so you have to stand out. So I've gotten so many people reply and say, this is awesome. Thank you for the fresh and honest approach. I love this. And I don't DM them and that like literally all I do is I connect with them. I watch their their stuff that they're doing. If there's something that's interesting that I can contribute to, I then comment and I like their stuff and I engage with them and they come to me when they after they've seen my countless posts of me talking about how to do this in social or how to do that or whatever it is, then they come to me. I don't know how many clients I've seen like say, I see you doing this and this is awesome. Like we want to do the same thing. It's literally like, it's the way to do business today, in my opinion, on social. It's so crazy to me that like the tactic that we have to tell people is like, hey, don't be a spammy asshole. And guess what? Things are going to work out for you, right? Like, Like be a normal dude, be a normal, a normal person, go out there. And just add value when you see when it naturally fits when you and then build those connections over time and the money's going to follow. Right. It's really going to be a lagging metric. But people are insecure with that. Like they feel like they're not in control when they do that. They feel like they're leaving it up to fate, to chance. And in some aspects you are. But at the same token, it's like, no, you're not because you are out there putting yourself out there being a thought leader, being an expert in the space and being a generally great person 
and not being a sales, you know, pushing, spamming person and things will happen for you. So you got to have to trust the process a bit and back off a bit and it'll come to you. It really, it really does. I mean, even with this podcast, right? I started this podcast and they said, okay, I'm going to do a hundred episodes and I want to see what happens. I'm not going to do any sales stuff on the back end. I'm just going to connect with people, share, amplify their voice. I'm not here to like have this podcast be part of some gimmicky sales process. That to me seems whack. So I was like, I'm just going to do the podcast, try to make it as most, you know, valuable as possible and see what happens. Well, it's like what you're saying. What happens is past guests are now connected on LinkedIn. They're all CMOs at companies. Yeah. They start seeing content about social media. Oh, I don't have to even sell. Like yeah. the, the people are going to reach out or be like, hey, do you know a person who's a growth marketer in New York? And if I have a person, I can connect them. Or all yeah. of those things start to to work. But like to your point, you kind of have to believe in it, right? Yeah. And you got to believe that, okay, this is the right way to go. Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm a firm believer and you have to see success. Like there has to be clues. I, I don't believe anybody should follow a strategy for you know 12 months that is not showing any level of success. I don't believe in that at all. Like I've commented in the past about this sort of graphic where you have three people uh, digging in a mine and then like the one guy gives up right before he hits the big gold mine and the other guy or the sorry, there's two people and then their other guy is like still going strong while the other guy is giving up. The truth of the matter is that's total BS because you don't just keep digging and digging and digging and digging and digging and wasting your life away. You find nuggets of gold along the way. You find things that are working. You see, oh, the engagement rate is up. The likes of this are up. Oh, look at this. This CMO like this or this person, that person got connected with me. Oh, I was able to like have them engage in a conversation. Like you have to see those nuggets of success coming or otherwise you have to drop the tactic after a certain amount of time where you feel like, okay, this is not working. So don't just like go blind into it and trust the process into a point where it's like, okay, this is a total failure. Like you're seeing with this podcast, you're seeing some success along the way. A hundred percent. And like to your, your point, right? I love that uh, call out to that photo that everybody shares because I'm right there with you. There's a lot of people who are working hard in the wrong direction and they're not taking the clues to be like, uh, to adjust. And 100%. you have to try stuff, fail, but then make adjustments and then try yeah. and then fail a little better next time. And then you fail a little better and then like things start to click. And it's all about taking those constant clues and, and adjusting. Yeah, you I know? totally agree with you. There's a lot of people that are digging in the wrong directions. And it's and, just like, why aren't you seeing, you've been doing this for 18 months and you've seen no success. It would be like doing an exercise or a diet program for 18 months and seeing no weight loss and no health improvement. And you're like, yeah, but I'm trusting the process. It's like, no, what? No, yeah. you should have seen some weight come off. You should have seen some health benefits here. Like you have to see those levels of success or else it's, you know, something you got to change tactics on. Yeah. It's really being able to, you know, see, we had a, a guy on here who was a uh, petty officer in the Navy and is a, a CMO now. And he said, you know, when he's in the Navy, they taught him, you got to be looking five feet in front of you and 50 feet in front of you simultaneously. And if you get caught in too much in one direction, if you're only doing vision and only strategy, you're never going to like, you're never going to get anywhere. But at the same time, if all you're doing is digging, right. And you could be going the wrong direction. So okay. I, I think that's so important. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, it's one of those things, right? Where we look at it and building the company. So I'm interested now, like what's the next thing for Cub & Co? Is it expansion? Are you guys going to get a, yeah. What, what's the, wh where do you want to go with the company? That's a very good question. I'm tempted to, to pull a, uh, you know, a biggie smalls here and say 
don't let your competitors know the uh, know your <laughs> move, <laughs> but that's okay. Here's the here's the deal. I, I think that it's it's fair to share some of this stuff. We need to expand. We believe that the next we like the size, the 25, 20, 25 to thirty person team is a very good size of team for a social agency. You have enough people in certain areas that you can execute. You can do it well. Everyone's very close. Everyone knows what their capacities are. Everyone knows what they're you know great at. And the culture is is small enough and a family size that everybody supports each other and, and it works well. So I believe that I would love to have a 25 to 30 person team in every major city in the world. That's my goal. That's my 20 year plan. So basically just now the next step is we've done it in Copenhagen. Now it's it's looking at other markets. I love it. And that's that's kind of that's right in line with me too because when I saw or look at the marketing space, I saw these mega agencies in like hundreds of people in one office and just the bloat there but also, you know, the lack of like it's not nimble once you get to a certain point and yeah, you're, you're, right. you start to become that thing that you ran away from initially, you know, like I didn't want to be at a giant Widen and Kennedy or something that yeah. to me has no appeal. So it's like, why would I try to replicate that? It's very, yeah. it's interesting, but I, I hear you on like, get your team of like seal team six elite yeah. level people create an amazing team and then deploy them in different cities where you can really help brands. I love it. That's exactly it. So I think that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with big agencies. Like I, I also have experienced that with that. And I think there's some benefits to that as well. You're able to take on much larger clients and global clients and, and you're able to do innovations that maybe some can't, but it does slow you down. You don't become as agile as you'd like to be, or you aren't as agile as you'd like to be, I'd say. And the other point that I would add to that is that it's just not conducive to how I want to work. It might work for other people. It's just not how I would like to work. I would like to know everybody's name. I would like to know what their family is, who's their kids, who, you know what I mean? And if we're getting too big of a size where I can't do that, that's sort of not where my heart is at. So it's it's more in line with what I want to do. It's it might be different for other people. Someone might say, "No, I want four hundred person agency or a thousand person agency." It's just not what I'm what I'm wanting right now. And that's that's what it comes down to, man. Is when you take this entrepreneurship, you know, thing is it's to build the life you want, not to build the life that's expected of you by Forbes.com or by whatever external factor, right? So I love it, and I think you know what we'll we'll wrap it there. Is hey, everyone listening? Go build the shit that fits for you. Go build the life you want. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. Let people know where they can connect with you online and learn more about Cub & Co. Uh, yes, absolutely. So Cub & Co, you can visit our website at www.cubco.com. That's K-U-B-B-C-O.com. Uh, yeah, connect with me on all socials, Instagram slash Chris Cubby, K-U-B-B-Y, Twitter slash Chris Cubby, Facebook slash Chris Cubby, YouTube slash Chris Cubby, everything is slash Chris Cubby. I recently also joined Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse, I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. I think we're all just right. Like, what what is going on here? What is this app and how does this work? And uh, so, yeah, if you're on Clubhouse, come and join me there as well. And on LinkedIn, I would love to, if you connect with me on any one of these platforms, say, hey, I saw, I heard you on, on the podcast and I'd love to connect with you here. So just let me know where you heard me and I'll uh, connect with you. Beautiful. And everybody, I will put links to uh, Chris's socials in the show notes page. So you'll be able to go through and connect. Chris, thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. 
Jordan, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure. Love to see your growth as well and where you're headed. And uh, really looking forward to the next six years. I love it. I love it. All right, everybody, that's it. And as always, please hit like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff at the bottom of your podcast app. And I will catch you next episode. Um.